1968. Martin Luther King Jr. has been assassinated in Memphis, Tennessee. Two months later, Robert F. Kennedy is assassinated at a hotel in Los Angeles. Apollo 8 is successfully launched and orbiting the moon, while the Tet Offense is launched during the Vietnam War. 1968 was a monumental year in American history. However, a small country town tucked away in North Dakota has gone unnoticed until November of 1968. In a small town where everyone knows each other, where the biggest daily news is the birth of a neighbor's child, and where the town's crime rate is practically non-existent, how can the disappearance of two young women go unnoticed? The disappearance of these two women shocked the town. Frozen in time, the town is now plagued with fear. Welcome to Tannensville, North Dakota, 1968. March of 1968, Mary Cooper, a local junior in high school, was leaving the night shift at the town's local diner. Mary should have been home at 10 p.m. as usual, but on this windy and rainy night in North Dakota, she never returned. Three months later, Sandy Morrison, a recent college graduate and school teacher, vanished without a trace. What is happening in Townsville, North Dakota? That's the question Alice Cooper was wondering as well. More importantly, she was questioning, where is my baby sister? And what happened to my old friend Sandy? Demanding justice for her sister and longtime friend, Alice was growing increasingly frustrated with an uncooperative police force and unresponsive local government. Turning her frustrations into inspiration, Alice decided to run for town mayor. She was insistent on receiving justice for her loved ones and fostering progressive change in a town that so desperately needed it. Alice Cooper was facing a mounting of obstacles in her decision to run for mayor, but she was never one to back down from a challenge. After all, she was the bold girl in high school who challenged the school's star football player to a game after his sexist comments that guys are better at sports than girls. She won that competition. She later went on to graduate the top of her class, the first female in her town to do so and even gained the title of being the town's first female to attend college on a full scholarship to the University of California at Berkeley. Alice graduated with a double major in history and political science, eager and ready to attend law school. However, her plans were placed on hold after her sister Mary's disappearance. Her family needed her. Their mother had fallen into a deep depression and their father was on a downward spiral after his first sip of vodka after being sober for almost five years. On her quest to find answers regarding the disappearances, it became evident fairly quickly to Alice that a cover-up in the town was taking place. Describe to me Tattersville, North Dakota. It's a very close town. I mean, it still is, don't get me wrong, but things certainly have changed. We're no longer one big happy family. Our community is much less trusting and guarded now. This is Lisa Ann speaking. Miss Ann is only a few years older than Alice Cooper. After graduating high school in 1960, she got a job as a cashier at the local supermarket and by 1968 was the store's owner and manager and had expanded her business career into selling local real estate as well. In a town where most jobs consisted of manual labor, Lisa Ann was considered an affluent member of the community during the 1968 election. Although she didn't work for the town's local government, 
She was familiar and friendly with its members. She remembers the morning of October 20th, 1968. As you see, she was town mayor, Joe Johnson's neighbor. Where were you the morning of October 20th, 1968? I was home. It was about seven o'clock in the morning. I was the first one awake in my house. Just started brewing a pot of coffee and was just about to bring my husband up a cup upstairs in bed to wake him up. When did you have an instinct that something was wrong? The minute I heard a helicopter over my property from a distance. This is a small town. We don't have helicopters flying around for no reason. Matter of fact, this town is so sheltered from the rest of the world. I only knew that was the sound of a helicopter because I had just seen a news special on TV about them. Back to your question. So after I heard the helicopters, I went on, out on the porch. In a blink of an eye, I saw two helicopters and about 10 police cars onto Mr. Johnson's property a little down the road. What was your reaction to this? I was like, holy shit. I ran up the steps to get my husband. I'd never seen anything like this before in my life. This doesn't happen in our town. I've only seen this in those Hollywood movies. Wow, I can only imagine your level of curiosity and excitement. Did you have any idea about what was occurring? Were you expecting this or did this all come as a complete surprise to you? Hmm. You see, that's a hard question for me to answer. Part of me had a strange feeling the whole time this could be a possibility, but I didn't want to believe Mr. Johnson was capable of something so horrific. I mean, I knew the man. I considered him a good friend, a good neighbor. He was the kind of guy you could rely on for just about anything. He was a family man, and I'm not the only person in town who felt like this. He was loved all around town. The man has been on mayor for about 30 years. But then these accusations began coming out. A lot of suspicion arose. Explain these accusations. Oh, the ex accusations that Mr. Johnson was involved with the disappearance and possible murder of two young girls from Tannersville. When did these accusations begin? Sometime in the early summer. Alice Cooper announced she was running for town mayor. She was one of the girls who disappeared, her older sister. I think it was like later she came out saying Mr. Johnson should be treated as a suspect in these two cases. I was shocked. I was like, no way. I just thought she was trying to win the election. But I don't know, ma'am. The evidence she was gathering, I personally was really torn about my feelings towards Mr. Johnson. What evidence? Well, to start, the tire tracks down by the old dumping ground and the rope they found outside the diner. What tire tracks and rope? You may be wondering. The town nervously waited for the answer. It was the same morning as Mr. Johnson's arrest they found out the answer. Shortly after his arrest, the news spread like wildfire across Tannersville. The citizens in the town were divided. On one side were the loyal supporters of Joe Johnson, along with the lifelong friends he made during his time in office. However, on the other side was Alice Cooper and her supporters who fought fiercely to serve justice. While some cried, others celebrated. During the investigation, the police had found an unidentified pair of tire tracks at the diner following Mary Cooper's shift that fateful night. 
Law enforcement was able to rule out the other vehicles and patrons of the diner that night by establishing an alibi for each individual. After all, it was a small town. There were only a handful of people in the diner that night, including the staff. By this point, all the police had as evidence was a set of tire tracks, which they identified as a 1968 Corvette. Immediately, all attention was drawn to Mr. Johnson, the only citizen wealthy enough to afford a car of that kind in the town. What's suspicious, however, remains the fact that Mr. Johnson was never questioned. To make matters worse, Mr. Johnson had never been inside the diner that night. No one had even seen him there. So if no one had seen him there, then how were his tire tracks outside? Moreover, why was he the only person of interest never interviewed during the investigation? Was Mr. Johnson someone who believed that he was above the law, per se? Without a doubt, and I don't think that that's something many people in town were aware of. He was a master of using his power in the local government to get away with whatever he wanted. I mean, even murder now. How so? Can you provide me an example of him abusing his power? Yes, yeah, so about three or four years ago, I had been woken up early by some construction down at Mr. Johnson's place. Later on that week, I drove by out of curiosity and saw he installed an in-ground pool on his property. I'm a real estate agent. I know the property laws around here, and I know it's illegal to install in-ground pools on your property in this neighborhood. Somehow, Mr. Johnson was able to bribe someone who works at the county's office to turn a blind eye on his new home improvement project. Clearly, Mr. Johnson had some influence over the whole town. Of course. He had the biggest influence over the local police department. I never met a man who got two DWIs in one summer and never faced a trial along with a lot of other illegal activities he was involved in. I remember in the early days of her campaign, Mrs. Cooper demanded law enforcement to comment on the DWI controversy. At first, they declined to answer, but she persisted until they finally responded by saying they had insufficient evidence for a DWI, DWI trial. How can there be insufficient evidence for that? At another crime scene across town laid the body of Sandy Morrison. She had been discovered in the woods by a group of local teenagers during the 4th of July weekend. The police identified her body and released limited details about the crime scene to the public. However, they did mention Sandy's body was tied up in a tarp and a rope. Julie May was present with the group of teenagers who discovered Sandy. In a coincidence that would only happen in a town as small as Tannersville, Julie worked at the town's hardware store. The moment she saw Sandy's body laid out like that, Julie had an instant memory of selling Mr. Johnson those exact items a few weeks earlier. In a town as small as Tannersville, it's hard to forget a face at a local business. It's even harder to forget selling an item to the town's mayor. After all, he is a small town celebrity. Mr. Johnson was also known to generously tip individuals across town, so Julie knew she had to make this sale. Julie's work paid off as Mr. Johnson slipped her a $10 bill as he left the store for all her help. Clues in a murder investigation are tough to uncover. 
but when Julie brought this information to the police, she was ignored. The police brushed her off and told her not to speak of it again. Julie had a gut instinct something was wrong and brought her information to Alice Cooper. Julie was aware of the campaign beginning to occur and the suspicions forming around Mr. Johnson. What was Tannersville like after Mr. Johnson's arrest? It was no longer a carefree town we all loved. The reason so many of us stayed here our whole lives is that those who left somehow always ended up returning. That wasn't the case anymore. People felt betrayed. Here was a man many had known most of their lives, a man who they believed they could trust. Now he's being accused of two possible murders. It's, it was surreal. What happened with the campaign for mayor? It came to a halt. Alice Cooper began bragging how she had won the campaign. She didn't win the campaign. There was no election. The only thing she had won was the battle in creating enough awareness to the case and creating enough local pressure to investigate Mr. Johnson as a suspect. That she, that she did win because he's sitting behind bars awaiting trial. It's October now, almost a year to the date of Mr. Johnson's arrest. It's only been two weeks since the verdict from Mr. Johnson's child came in. How do you feel about the verdict? That son of a bitch, not guilty. Can you believe that? That concludes this week's episode of Small Town Secrets. Thank you for listening and please tune in for our next episode where we take a closer look into the trial of Mr. Joe Johnson.